The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older? Welcome to Sink Floyd, the podcast where we watch every movie ever made to see if it syncs up with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. My name is Gareth Blackler, and joining me is James Barron. Hi there, Big Bear Baron, James Barron, coming at you live through the airwaves. How's it going, Gareth, friend of mine? Uh, <laughs> what's up? It's it's going well, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, sipping, sipping some water. Yeah. Um, playing with a blue pen. What more does a boy need? I have water here as well, just in case. I am drinking a beer in the meantime, but if things get too dangerous, <laughs> I can move on to water if need be. But Yeah. Yeah. If, if you suddenly end up younger, you've got water to remain legal. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. The cops <laughs> aren't going to bust my door down. Yeah. Um, amazingly, no underage drinking that I'm aware of in the movie that we watched, uh, Big. It's talked about, but yeah. 1988's Big. With Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tim? Uh, Tom Hanks, enemy of the show. Enemy of the state, enemy of everyone. And I feel like maybe, the, based on the two movies that we've watched on St. Floyd, um, definitely, he's, he's 0 for 2 in terms of, like, mm. good person ratio. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. Maybe everyone else doesn't understand Tom Hanks and he's actually this person. <laughs> like, well, I'm wondering... So, yeah, obviously Tom Hanks is known as being the nicest person in Hollywood. Yeah. He's like, you know, America's dad. He, people love him. I think Pink Floyd, the music of Pink Floyd, mm. when you hear it while watching Tom Hanks, it, like, it cancels it out. It's like, so you know how certain candles, you light them to get rid of certain smells? Sure, yeah. Pink Floyd are the candle to Tom Hanks. They just <laughs> stop him. They're the anti-Hanks. The anti-Hanks. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Poor Tom. I feel like, yeah, yeah it's because it's like... Pink Floyd have such dad energy to begin with, and so does Tom Hanks. And they must, mm. they must cancel each other out in some kind of, like, zero-sum game scenario where they end up both looking bad at the end of the day. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but... I think we've definitely stumbled on this, and it'd be interesting because if you Google Tom Hanks, Pink Floyd... All you get is the fact that Miley Cyrus performed Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd on an SNL episode that Tom oh, Hanks hosted. Cool. And it'd be interesting to watch that and see... that. Like, that's got to be the closest the two have come so far. Yeah. <laughs> before we entered the game. I mean, yeah. And, like, it'd be, yeah, interesting to see, like, does Tom Hanks recoil? Does he reveal his <laughs> reptilian form oh, no. when Pink Floyd is played? Backstage at SNL, he was, like, morphing in the... <laughs> crew the cast and crew were freaking out trying to get that under control (laughs) so they could go back on stage for the like wrap up at the end of the show the final sketch yeah (laughs) oh my god just wiling out while miley's singing wish you were here i really want to hear that cover now (laughs) by the way yeah miley cyrus amazing singer she'd nail that yeah i heard her doing a blondie song the other day and she fucking nailed it but um yeah yeah no that sounds yeah i'd be interested to hear that i'm gonna look that up after the show but Nice. We can't do that now, Gareth. We've got our task to do, our, our yes. God-given uh, contract that was laid before us and we signed, and we have to talk about how big synced up with Dark Side of the Moon, as is, yeah. as is our want, as is what we what we do on the show. And Yeah, did you say our pod-given contract? I 
wish I had, because that's way <laughs> better. That's what it is uh, from now on. Yeah. Praise pod. <laughs> Praise be to pod. Um, yeah. No, I'm ready to talk about it if you are. Uh, but, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, 1988. Big. Uh, I feel like, yeah, th- these 80s movies, right? Yeah. None of them are looking that hot these days. There's a lot of problematic shit from the 80s that's just yes. made it onto yeah. into movies. And they're just going to keep cropping up. I feel like it's going to be a trend. Mm, <laughs> for sure. In some of these classics. But, yeah. But yeah. But this one is so brazen about oh, yeah. how horrific it is. Like, And yet no one talks about it. Everyone just talks about how this is like a beloved childhood classic. Yeah. Man, and I'm not classic. saying like we're going to be the ones who speak truth to bit, <laughs> but like we kind of I don't know because I'd never seen it, you'd never seen no, it. No, yeah. So no history, no previous history on this flick. Yeah, just chosen, plucked <sighs> from the ether and put onto the show yeah. as we sometimes do. Yeah, but yeah, I'm really. But I don't know. It's not like the stuff that I mean. We'll get to it, mm. but like the stuff that happens in this, I don't feel like like it was ever okay outside of the world of this film really no i hope like, i really hope not yeah yeah uh we just we, let's let's do it let's talk about yeah let's dive into big and see what unravel the mystery of what is going on here uh all right three two one sync this the, the movie starts as we want speak to me um has this ever happened to you gareth when you're standing in the cabin of an evil ice wizard and all around you are carcasses of slain ice dwarves mate there's only one solution that i can offer in this situation and that's to melt the wizard <laughs> what is the start of this movie about it's we're getting some like coleco vision as text adventure game that is on screen where josh is playing this video game and yeah He's punching in to melt this wizard. I don't know why this movie starts this way. It's the most random thing. Um, yeah. I do love Interestingly, it. Interestingly, the same, like, there's a weird video game start to You've Got Mail as well. Oh, yeah. Like, flying through, yeah. flying through the, the desktop background uh, screensaver video space of the Earth and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is. I wonder, like, if something Tom Hanks likes is he likes to start you off with a bit of um, digital tomfoolery yeah a bit of tomfoolery for old tom <laughs> yeah. yeah digital hanks foolery uh, what does he like goodness me yeah no I, yeah. this this feel this one feels a lot more rooted in reality and that this could be a yeah. real like text adventure game i'm not sure if it is or not um i do appreciate it though this is exactly my kind of shit and that it's like way oh, for sure way over the top this wizard has a little jacket made of uh like eyes <laughs> all over it and i love that <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, um, the old, uh, the parents are calling to Josh and trying to get him to take his trash out and he wastes time because this is a time limit based game and his poor character gets frozen by the ice wizard. And that's how we start this movie. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's a short film in of itself. Honestly, we could turn <laughs> yeah. here and just feel better about it. But, um, yeah, anyway, we've got a whole movie going ahead uh we've got yeah this is our intro to josh him hanging out with uh his mate billy who is yeah who is the proto billy really like if you Mm. if you imagine an american school kid called billy it's this guy it's yeah it's perfect casting and perfect acting by young billy here 
and mm. um yeah they're just doing the average middle middle school kid thing in america you know hanging out eating chewing gum and trading cards and making mm. being really gross about girls <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's what they're yeah. all about with yeah that's a yeah it's like very, it's very bizarre like this whole movie has struggles with how old you're supposed to act at 13 i guess which so, is yeah. or 12 which is you know something we all learned when we were deep in our Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah like it's yeah and i think it's to its weakness like because they're very much like they're kids well yeah. no actually these guys are you know like horny teens essentially yeah they're on the cusp of becoming teenagers right at this point yeah that's the like impetus of this movie is that josh is sort of trying to he's starting to want to be a grown-up he's figuring out that like he's like okay i'm a teenager now i want to become like a cool teen and Mm. learn the ways of growing up he's ready for that but his body isn't catching up or everyone else or society around him isn't catching up to where he's at, which is a common issue with old uh, puberty. That's just how that goes. That's true. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty unfair that puberty is such a big change that doesn't like it happens in such surprising times. Like it never happens at the same time. And it's like, it's when you want it the most, oh, no. when you're like the most anxious. Yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 rough going, but that's just what everybody yeah. has to go through, you know. Like, oh, I, I can't speak to puberty, really. Like, <laughs> we've done that. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to unravel. What would like? I don't want to ask you the question. What was puberty like for you, Gareth? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a well that I don't want to delve down into. Mainly just no. out of self defense, <laughs> but um. <laughs> I definitely pre like I my voice dropped a little later than everyone else's, so I finished intermediate school with a beautiful like flute of a voice. Oh yes, and then started high school with my definitive, um, <laughs> beautiful baritone <laughs> that the listeners are used to. Ah yes, yeah, the radio voice that was we a, all crave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was an interesting summer for little Garfy V. Dude, I, I was so far behind that. I wasn't done with puberty until like 15, 16, man. I was a late bloomer. I was up there in high yeah. school with the fucking sign on my knees. Up there, up front row in school photo with all the girls oh, like flanking yeah. me, man. Yeah. So. That's right. Yeah. It's it's rough stuff. I, I, it was weird because I was the like tiny short child among <laughs> you with your deep voice and everyone else <laughs> surpassing me and then all of a sudden it got to like uh year 11 or whatever and i came back after the summer holidays and i'm like oh now i'm a man <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of a sudden i do miss that i do miss like a summer holiday being your chance to completely change who you are mm. and like yeah the fact your body would also <laughs> make that decision for you like <laughs> Nah, man, this summer, we're getting gangly. <laughs> yeah, we're stuck with what yeah. we've got now. It's just this. Yeah, exactly. It's just this, but slowly deteriorating <laughs> yeah. over time. It's like a time lapse of a fruit decaying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, that, yeah, that's what we have to look forward to. And that's what uh, Josh grapples with in this film. <laughs> yeah. It becomes very art house, and we just see him slowly grow old and then die. <laughs> Oh god. God, that's a that's a really bleak take on big that I'm glad doesn't happen. Yeah. But we're like 
two minutes into the film and we need to get back. Uh, now that yes, we've sorry. covered our own puberty experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's like girls that show up outside while they're chewing gum outside the arcade or whatever. And there's Cynthia, the girl here, mm. who is like clearly ahead of the rest. She has big Cynthia the doll energy from uh, Rugrats, honestly. She's got yeah. she's rocking a side pony. And it just exudes confidence to the same level that mm. Cynthia the doll did for me. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, they're like this casual, like you know, the the classic. Uh, he said, she said about um, Cynthia liking Josh or whatever. You know, mm. classic stuff. Um, yeah. And then what happens is what can only be described. These boys start rolling down the street back to Josh's house because they're next door neighbors, Billy and Josh. Um, yeah. And he just starts, they just start bloody crimping, Gareth. For those uninitiated, uh, crimping is a mighty boosh thing where they just have this mm. elaborate rhyme song that they both know the words to and sing together in sync. And they straight up have one. That's their own little secret thing. And it becomes relevant yeah. later. Uh, I, it's even the same way they use crimping in Mighty Boosh. Totally. Where it's to, you know, remind you that we're friends, so we'll sing a little friend song. Yeah. It's adorable. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a full-on crimp in a film in 1988, so... Yeah. There you go. Young Noel Fielding's watching this, and like, that's genius. <laughs> that was a terrible Noel Fielding. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know. Julian Barrett's like, oh, you watching this film with me, sir? Yeah. It's slightly better, but he's less <laughs> iconic an impression. That was, no, that was a, yeah. I was more impressed with Julian Barrett there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Little does Noel know that he's going to end up on Bake Off one day. Just eat, yeah. eating cakes for a living. What a dream job. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, but yes, uh, so they have a wee chat over some two-way radios. These, these guys are best friends. They're hanging out and mm. having a chat talking about how Cynthia likes Josh or whatever, and it's all good. Uh, and then, yeah, we cut to a fun fair uh, for On The Run begins here. Yeah. Premium On The Run vibe in a, in a fun oh, fair, yeah. honestly. The chaotic energy of a fun fair. I always am vaguely afraid of them as, as a concept. <laughs> Have you ever been to the fun fair, Gareth, or been to, like, a carnival or anything of the sort like that? Oh, heck yeah. I've been to... Um... What are they called? AMP shows? <laughs> like, where you get to, like, look at some llamas and some sheep and then go on, like, a rusty Ferris wheel that's older than your dad. That's so true. That is the grass yeah. grassroots version of uh, the fun fair of America. Absolutely, yeah. That's the New Zealand yeah. equivalent, the AMP show, <laughs> where you can go... I had a... Um, oh, sorry. Where you can go on a rusted ride and also see various, like, livestock just yeah. on show. If you've ever been upside down and then looked at a horse, you've lived in New Zealand and been to an AMP show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, is there a full-on roller coaster at the AMP show that you went to, Damn. I feel like there must have been. I do remember um, going on some sort of ride with my brother and him like going, this is great, middle mouth. And I didn't even have braces, so I don't know why he called me that. Oh, wow. That's, that's yeah, one of my great roller coaster mysteries. That's messed up. I don't understand mm. what that. Maybe it was like it was like a premonition, and he saw you yeah. doing the time lapse growing up. <laughs> that was his view of everyone coming onto his right. He's just he's that um, that fierce of an empath that he understands <laughs> these people. 
as they yeah. come on. Yeah, he's a great judge of character. <laughs> I look over and it's actually Zoltar. Oh God, ride with me. <laughs> oh yeah, we're about to get to him. Um, yeah, but we've got we've got some stuff to do before we get there. There's like various uh, activities here at the fun fair that Josh tries to get involved in. There's like the classic. Um, I do like that they do the like strongman hammer thing. What would you describe? Yeah. Is that how you would describe that? That's the best I got, really. I don't know what... Yeah, absolutely. Strongman hammer thing. Yeah. I don't know what that's officially called, but, you know, you hit the (laughs) button and then a little thing goes up and hits the bell if you're a strong-ass dude with the hammer, you know. You know the one, listeners. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's various, like, activities set up to emasculate Josh, effectively. Mm. So he's not very good at this, and then there's this huge guy that gets on behind him and does the hammer thing, you know. Um, And then he goes to... Uh, try and get on this roller coaster uh, by cutting into line. He cuts into line the worst way I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, yeah. Who does this? He like comes like from the back of the line, th- passed through everyone. Like if you're going to yeah. cut into line, stealth into the line from the side. Everyone's going <laughs> to see you anyway. But if you fucking like come from the back, what do you, like what? That's sure to enrage mm. everyone, officially yeah like even if like there's also so much space around the line that he could have like come from the side but instead he parts them like a weird moses yeah it's not good it's Mm. i guess he's still learning and figuring things out but like i don't know he's got the strength to part all these people and push up to cynthia who's in line anyway (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah immediately gets wrecked by cynthia's whole misunderstanding cynthia's intentions here yeah Uh, as a a, another guy an older person comes along probably around 15 16 i don't know um comes along and uh cynthia's like ah this guy he drives as his like key factor his key defining characteristic (laughs) is that he drives and so yeah there you go it's josh is out of the running and he also insult to injury gets turned away from the roller coaster for, for being too short there's a cardboard cut out of a chicken telling him that he's too short um with his hand up you ever been too short for a ride no i um i yeah i had the opposite problem to you i was incredibly tall oh, right. and then started getting to a normal height and then had a second growth spurt oh my god yeah hit it back up again into the stratosphere <laughs> yeah i was just too cowardly for any there's ride. a second problem second chicken who's saying that you're too tall <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a safety thing. I've had this explained to yeah. me as someone who used to be incredibly short. Uh, like this is uh, this is was very dear to my heart. I've been here. I could um, I could <laughs> relate to Josh deeply in this scenario. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's a safety thing. It, if you go on a roller coaster and you're too short, there's a chance you could slip through the old safety uh, uh, clamp things that you get clamped into, you know, and fall out. Oh, okay. So that's why, you know. Yeah. It's totally reasonable, honestly, but yeah. Uh, or at least that's how it is explained to me to make me feel better, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, since this, he goes off, and the, this uh, him getting turned away from the roller coaster perfectly aligns with the crash sound and on the run. Yeah. Garrett, ideal. Into it. Which is great as well, because, um, you know, on the run's kind of been the theme for the excitement of the... Of the funfair. Um funfair yeah. yeah and now it's like nah crash it's over crashing and burning yeah he's at his yeah. last and uh wanders over the past all these people having fun and the time clocks are coming in we're getting the ticking of the clocks and then the, they all go off 
where Josh arrives at this haunted Zoltar machine. Yes. So I want to clearly describe this machine. It's like uh, it's like a fortune telling kind of box with a, a like man in a turban inside and he opens and closes his mouth in sequence and you're supposed to mm. like guide a coin through a coin slot down a little ramp so that it goes into his mouth and then you make a wish when if you get it in his mouth you're allowed to make a wish and then it spits out yeah. a little card telling you whether your wish is granted or not which is a fairly rudimentary design for a uh like fun fair thing it's fairly believable as a mm. as a thing however this whole thing is so goosebumps. Like, <laughs> it's this, like, little... Like, the, the way this is introduced, there's all this, like, creepy synth music in the background and stuff that we would be hearing, but we're hearing all my yeah. uh, time. And then, fucking... Um, there's, like... <laughs> the, the machine isn't plugged in. It's got these mm. glowing red superimposed eyes over top of its real <laughs> eyes. It's just, it feels like this is an episode of the Goosebumps TV show that's come to life and is now a feature film, you know? Um, anyway. Yeah. I wonder, there must be some sort of, like, pull that has given us all the inspiration of R.L. Stein and then the inspiration of this movie and other, like, the similar vibe of 80s, 90s creepers. Mm. Yeah. Like, there must be a single person who's decided, like, synth music, superimposed glowing eyes keep it relatively normal so a kid would go there and yeah yeah like weird synth like low tones and yeah yeah it must be yeah. there must be a, like a founding document i hope it's goosebumps but i don't know if it is what would be amazing is if rl stein and penny marshall the director turns out they went to the same summer camp and the same of like heard the same boy tell them a scary story around the fire and that camp it was camp jelly jam whoa no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no um yeah so and the boy who told him that story was jason from friday the 13th <laughs> i love that yeah. it's just in the mask like hanging out yeah yeah that's very good um <laughs> But yes, he makes, so Josh is like, this is sweet. I love this haunted machine. This is really cool. And so he <laughs> makes the wish that he wants to be big, which is a very vague wish. Mm. And it could be interpreted in a number of ways, Gareth. Um, I w like, there is a version of this movie where he just becomes like 50 foot tall, but is still a child. Yeah. And like, that's a, a whole nother movie. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. Yeah equally scary. there's another one where he's just like very famous all of a sudden oh right i like, like that but like <laughs> but he's not sure what for the most famous child yeah and everyone's like oh man josh i love your work and he's like what <laughs> everyone just knows what you did on that maths quiz last week we love it we're huge fans oh that's terrifying in its own way the pressure yeah. of, the haunting pressure of being known <laughs> god um mm. oh man but yes he makes this wish and he's like oh well i got a cool card out of the situation he collects yeah. cards so it's probably sweet um but yeah ends up going home and uh we see some like ghostly wind <laughs> over the neighborhood <laughs> which i really enjoy it is this whole thing mm. is so goosebumps it's great and then yeah um we we get in the time lyrics over this sequence of, of him waking up in the morning and it's just yeah. never fit better over anything mm. in my life. 
then one day you'll find 10 years have got behind you. No one told you when to run. I mean, come on, man. Like, yeah. this is what Big's all about. Suddenly becoming an adult. <laughs> you know? Come on. Yeah. It's good. Um, yeah, we see some some adult legs walking to the old bathroom. <laughs> the adult legs of Tom Hanks as he sees himself in the mirror. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it talks through the door to his mum. Like, but he's got that deep Tom Hanks voice as Gareth post-puberty. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, like, it's it's a harrowing adventure here. Like, mm. I, I can see this all being written out and, like, having to deal with this newfound situation, you know. Um, yeah, he's got to, like, steal clothes from his dad. Um, and then, yeah, like, manages to sneak away uh to like run back to the carnival but of course the carnival's gone you know yeah so what is he gonna do right like i do like him like racing away on his little like bmx bike equivalent and getting there and just driving around in a circle for a little bit <laughs> it's like ah oh, no um yeah and then yeah we get now we get into um get great gig and we return home for a harrowing sequence. This is where... Holy shit. Yeah, so this sucks. This is the first part of the movie <laughs> that is no good and doesn't... Yeah. Is not carried over to be like a fun comedy romp in any way. Um, so he gets... He returns home and like there's... His mum sees him in his adult Tom Hanks form and thinks that he's like an insane home invader. Yeah. And he's trying to convince her that he's her son and like is showing like his birthmark on the back of his leg and stuff and like acting really weird and panicked it's awful yeah it's a horrible and scenario holding a knife and whispering like please don't please don't please don't yeah he's like I, blah, 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 i'm wearing your husband's clothes and your son's underwear yeah you know like normal people yeah. do um it's awful basically she thinks yeah. that this man has like kidnapped her son and it has invaded her home to like taunt her. He's clear he's clearly insane and is like yeah. messing with her. Um and yeah, he ra- he runs away screaming over what is a harrowing sequence. In the movie, this is played for laughs. There is like full on like <laughs> comedic music playing. It's not yeah. supposed to be scary at all, but damn. Yeah, you get a bit of Pink Floyd under this and you uh Shocked. yeah this was great gig like the slow yeah. sad sequence of like they're already resigned to the fact that this is a no good situation the boys in the yeah. void they're like this is like this doesn't hold up friends they're saying they're trying to warn us over over the air yeah oh man it's see this was a problem i had with um the you know the summer of stranger things when we all loved stranger things yeah like stranger things is great but I found Winona Ryder such a good actress yeah. that her playing the storyline about her son going missing, oh, I yeah. couldn't enjoy the fun, um, you know, sci-fi mystery. I was just like, this poor woman's life is ruined. Yeah. And it's the same for this. It's just like, this woman's life is ruined and it's treated as just the like easy plot device so we don't have to worry about his parents, where his parents are probably like deep into a police investigation yeah, for the yeah. next six weeks. 
Yeah. You're so right. Like oh. the um yeah, that is such a well acted uh character. She fucking mm. nails it. And if it was just her character, like carrying the whole of Stranger Things, it would be like this horrendous, heart wrenching like drama instead of yeah. this like fun eighties romp that we know and love, right? Like Yeah. It would just be such a completely different vibe. Oh, it would be yeah, amazing though. That is that also. is a great comparison. Oh, thank you. It would be amazing if Stranger Things he got bigged and like it's just an adult walking around and it's just like at the end you realize, no, no, that was me. I, I'm bigged now. <laughs> yeah, that would that would not be okay. <laughs> I'm the big, yeah, I'm the big or, now. or like a Bridgerton kind of no, not Bridgerton, um, Broadchurch mm. kind of thing where it's like a gritty drama about like a child abduction. But the child's just been bigged and is just <laughs> working at like the office down the street now. Oh no, that's the side plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be awful. Oh, <laughs> a great twist, but like yeah. everyone would be like, "What? <laughs> I don't what? Uh, okay." Yeah. I like like the office conversations after the final episode. <laughs> I do love the idea of like two TV shows happening in parallel, though. Like, and you don't realize mm. that they're connected until the last episode in that way. Like, one of the shows is this, like, comedy, like, big scenario, and the other one's Broad Church. And on the last episode, you realize they're the same universe. That would be amazing. Right? Yeah. I'm surprised that isn't happening yet. That'd be sweet. Hollywood, hit me yeah. up. Come on. Yeah. Um, but yes, we've got to get back. Let's get back to uh, Billy. Here he is in the gym getting pelted with basketballs. <laughs> Yeah, I do love that. Just everyone in the crowd is holding different, like sized basketballs for some reason, <laughs> and they all throw them at Billy. Oh, it's it's a very good, very good thing. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, so Josh is like the next port of call since his mum thinks he's a home invader. Um, goes and sees his best friend, and like Billy equally freaks out, starts panicking, and yeah. because this is a situation involving a thirty-year-old man and a child. Like, in, locked inside a, like, gymnasium, uh, like, storeroom. This is equally fucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible situation that is handled, <laughs> like, not very well. But luckily, um, Josh knows his crimp. He's saved by yeah. the crimp. He does his little uh, performance for Billy, and Billy's like, oh, shit, he knows all the words. This must be my friend Josh, because they only know it. It's their secret thing that they know from each other. So there you go. Yeah. The, like, the crimp can save lives. It's, it mm. saves <laughs> saves uh, all, terrible, harrowing situations from occurring. Um, but yeah, uh, so he realizes that it's uh, <laughs> that it's Josh. I do, I do love that he says, Josh, you look terrible, man. <laughs> because <laughs> he's like now a 30 year old tom hanks tom yeah. hanks looks great by the way oh yeah for sure very young in this movie um looking very very attractive good good looking guy tom hanks um, yeah amazing head of floppy hair yeah full-on floppy hair yeah <laughs> what a stunner what a stunner star stunner it's too bad your character's <laughs> really creepy again yeah um but yeah, so Billy decides, like, it's like, okay, I gotta help my friend out because he's now this adult man trapped, uh, a child trapped in an adult man's body. He's fully on board with this. Um, mm. He goes and grabs some stuff from his house. And as he's leaving his house, we see that, yeah, that Josh's house has turned into like a full on crime scene investigation. There's like yeah. police and the whole neighborhood's gathered around. 
and they're like talking to Josh's mum, who's obviously distraught. Uh, her son has completely disappeared. It's awful. And this is yeah, all just for sure. like what, the background of one shot. This is just happening on the sidelines of this movie. It's, oh, I can't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. Um, but yeah, it's that is sure is happening. Again, I guess this is just played for laughs in the movie. I don't really know. But yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a whole different side from Josh's mum's point of view. Uh, but yeah, the plan is that uh, they go to New York City, baby, because this, this is set in New Jersey at the moment. Um, yeah. And so they go into New York City to find a hotel for Josh to stay in. Um, they go through Times Square, and there's this guy, like a homeless guy or some like someone on the spectrum of some kind, and he's just walking around yeah. saying, kill the bitch, kill, kill her with a knife kill a bitch and he's in the middle of times square like <laughs> i feel like that that wouldn't happen like <laughs> that wouldn't happen in times square now for sure no way but yeah maybe 80s maybe, times square maybe in 86 i don't know like i don't know it's pretty rough this guy like now he'd only be doing that if he's trying to sell you his cd yeah and you put the cd in and it's just him going kill a bitch kill a bitch i mean i'll buy it it sounds pretty good yeah <laughs> just some like Doing some breakbeat raps. Yeah. But he's, it's all about doing murders. You know. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that I'd buy that. Too, too late now. Um, yeah. Now someone's going to lock you in on it. It's like, I heard you on a podcast <laughs> saying you were going to buy this CD. So I made it for you. And that's why you can't be Prime Minister, James. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you got me. <laughs> Release the tapes. Um, yeah, no. I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah they so yeah they go to this like awful neighborhood with uh like this scary hotel and book a hotel room for josh to stay in um we get into money playing and mm. they start discussing bloody money for the uh yeah for the hotel paying for the hotel room uh yeah that's good that's a sink yeah um and yeah so fucking they go up to the room and do all that stuff and billy's hanging out I just feel bad for Billy in this situation. I'd, like he, for sure, he has to walk back through this like really rough neighborhood. He was with an adult before, but now he's alone. It's probably yeah. like nine p.m. in the middle of New York City, and he's got to get back to New Jersey on the subway or whatever. Like I'm just scared for him. He's a thirteen-year-old boy, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, poor Billy. Yeah. He seems Yeah, you're right. He seems okay. Why did they go to New York? I'm sure I they could have stayed in Jersey. <sighs> like that's just probably just like kid logic, right? Like Yeah. Billy would have gotten a hotel room in New York when they were like visiting something <laughs> someone or something in the past and he's like, That's just where the hotels are, you know? Like yeah, exactly. that's where you go. <laughs> And then, and that's true he's never had to go to a hotel in his home state no. so he's just like yeah we've got to go to where hotels are. i don't think there's any hotels in new jersey so we've got to go we've got to go to new <laughs> yeah. york at least not in my experience um so <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i'm just worried about billy's well-being basically in this in yeah the following same. scenes uh but yeah especially because he keeps coming back and forth i'm worried about billy's wallet really oh, far out yeah how much money did he steal from his dad we missed that he stole some money from his uh, dad yeah. as like an it's from his dad's emergency fund kept in a closet or whatever just to fund josh's like escape project um <laughs> but yeah like how much money has billy got is he doing like mm. how much allowance this boy get i don't know 
but yeah he's able to go on the tube to new york city all the time so to yeah. visit his adult friend <laughs> mm. but yeah surely at some point josh starts paying for it i hope so be. god yeah gives him a bit of, little bit of a stipend a little bit of money to yeah per diem yeah <laughs> he's got a lunch i mean he deserves it. it he's helping him out massively by hiding his yeah. like weird situation his goosebumps book unfolding unto him like he's helping yeah. him out massively um but yeah oh Anyway, this hotel room is an absolute pit. It's a it's a terrible situation. Uh, Billy tells him to use the chain to keep people out, and I I agree with that. Josh doesn't mm. spring into action and put the bloody chain on though as soon as he leaves, which frustrated me. He was given <laughs> yeah. like clear advice and then didn't follow it until later when he heard like a bloody gunshot outside. <laughs> Come on, Josh. What do you like? Yeah, listen to Billy. Billy knows his stuff. He can survive in New York in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. He's a child. <laughs> he probably went out and helped his other friends who have had interesting <laughs> curses put on them. Yeah, he's going to see like his mate who's turned into a frog <laughs> just in the, <laughs> yeah. in the schoolyard after this. <laughs> oh, Billy's just, he's just out there trying to solve various, various uh, occult crimes. Yeah, he's popping down into the sewers to hang out with Chud. Yeah, you know, like, just leave Billy alone. Look after the- I want to yeah. protect Billy at all costs. He's a <laughs> shining light in this movie, so... Yeah, he also was, like, one of the first people cast. Oh, really? Billy. Yeah, and they um, tested the adult actors against him, so he's, oh, like, yeah. rehearsed, he rehearsed with um, Sean Penn and, I think, Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. Whoa! I mean, that yeah. tracks. Billy is perfect for this role. Like, yeah. we said that earlier, and that, that makes total sense to me, that they were like, they found this guy, and they're like, yep, this guy's Billy. He's he's <laughs> always been Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's test him against bloody Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. Are you good enough, sir, to go up against Billy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And this would be such a different movie with Robert De Niro at the helm. Oh, heck if yeah. he was yeah. big, oh no! What kind of yeah, what kind of surely... child would they have to cast to have someone turn into Robert De Niro? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh no! It's interesting as well. So, um, Tom Hanks got the child who they cast to perform the scenes before he would, and he'd oh, just wow. kind of do what the kid did. That's very cool. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. It kind of. You could argue it takes away from this being, like, Tom Hanks's amazing performance, which was Academy Award nominated. Right. Because it was really the kid's amazing performance that Tom Hanks just deep faked. I mean, that's, that's still very impressive. And being able to, like, follow that kind of, like, direction through another actor, like, copy what they're doing and, like, mm. handle it in the same way. Because that would have been coming from a, like, much more genuine place from the child actor. Oh, for right? sure, yeah. So... That's that's impressive in a, in its own right, if you ask me. So, yeah, yeah. Full credit to Tom Hanks for that. Probably well deserved. Okay. As mu as messed up as this movie is, I've got to give you props <laughs> for it being well acted. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. But yes, this is a very we... very scary situation. Yes. Uh, you're about to say something. Sorry. No, no, don't worry. Yeah, Tom Hanks just has a little cry as oh, the men. Yeah. Men off screen yell about money, and another man, David Gilmore of Pink Floyd, yells about money off screen as well. Yeah, man, we're all yelling about money. That's just adult life, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> little, do, little does Tom Hanks know. 
that it's all about money and we're all yelling about it constantly <laughs> oh it's yeah it's it's very bleak honestly seeing him sitting in that chair and then like lying down and just weeping they hang on mm. it for a long time as well it's like yeah it's a very honest like performance it's, it's very good I, I was very impressed by it um yeah very sweet mm. uh poor old josh but anyway the he survives the night and the following day they go down and track down various like arcades and things where they might be able to find this zoltar machine this fabled cursed object out there in new york city um and they they don't get very far and so they go to the the government or the council or whatever <laughs> this is and yeah put in a claim to ask about all the fears that have been around uh new york and the region new jersey um but it's gonna take six weeks to get the information so they're crushed by that knowledge they're like six weeks it's a lifetime in kid years yeah. you know like that's ages they can't even fathom it um and mm. so in the meantime josh is ready to give up but uh in the meantime they decide that they'll get him a job so that he can survive out here in adult land and they do uh a fun scene in like a diner where they're looking through job adverts and he's acting like a weird kid <laughs> yeah i don't know if it's like that appropriate for kids to do this but i don't know it's whatever kids left mm. to their own devices are sure to be eating ice cream weird but it's just yeah. it's just weird seeing tom hanks like with ice cream all over his bloody face i don't know <laughs> yeah uh but yeah again it would have been plenty charming without pink floyd like just screaming Not about money sanctioning this yeah yeah but yeah they find a, a job for him to interview at at mcmillan toys a job in computers mm. now because this is 1988 um jobs in computers mainly involve like data entry into a, a window uh, ms dos kind of interface yeah and it's it's just so this was fascinating to me seeing what like a job of computers involved at this time or at least in like a hollywood movie kind of mm. uh view into it but yeah it's it's hilarious the amount of like <laughs> the the amount that he well he can obviously bluff his way into this job and then pull it off while still being a 13 year old boy it's great it's just a yeah this is when we get into an interesting equally horrifying thing is just how easy it is for this guy Mm. And it may be because he's a white man. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it could be. It could be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Could well be. Like, the girl in 13 going on 30 wouldn't have had it this easy. No, probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's another layer of like horrible to this movie that i just didn't yeah. even think about god damn oh but yeah he like bluffs his way through a job application um over us and them yeah and yeah it's a very bizarre job interview where like there's a, like some laurel and hardy kind of like back and forth involving um or like abbott and costello whatever it is the um like who's on first kind of thing yeah happening where he's talking about like which college did you go to oh george washington oh gw i, I went there etc like that kind of thing like misunderstandings yeah. on both sides kind of conversation very good yeah i like did you pledge every day yeah yes every morning <laughs> yeah i do like that energy 
at it mm. <laughs> going to college and pledging to your fraternity every single day yeah that's that's a that's quite an experience i like that um but yeah susan's also introduced here we don't know her name or who she is at this point but yeah she comes in to complain about another staff member she'll become important mm. later um yeah she's like sort of just a strung out office lady at this point yeah she's it's interesting to becoming like the second lead is she's introduced very unsympathetic sympathetic yeah she's not like saving any cats or anything no she's just complaining about a fellow like employee of the company and asking yeah. them to be fired <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh man it's pretty bleak mm. uh but yeah he like starts the job uh which he's like yeah startlingly capable of doing um and like pulls up to do some computer work and who should be sitting next to him gareth mm. But it's yet another minor role of John Lovitz, uh, savior of the podcast, friend of the podcast, John Lovitz. <laughs> Call oh, yes. me John. Get on the get on the <laughs> horn. Get on the pod. I want to talk to you um, <sighs> about you, what was your favorite role, John Lovitz? Please. Yeah. What do you think about Pink Floyd? <laughs> mm. But he loves Pink Floyd. Yeah. I hope he does. Oh man yeah shout outs to john lovitz in this he yeah he plays a typical john lovitz kind of character and that he's like a little bit sleazy a little bit like mm. a little bit weird hanging out he's a schlubby kind of guy working at the nine to five at this job and he doesn't want josh to uh work too hard otherwise it'll make everyone else look bad <laughs> yeah which is yeah another like crushing indictment of um of adult life uh, it's sort of implied yeah. that like everyone in this office is working to the bare minimum so that they can get by and that's just like they've been crushed down by the system right so to this point yeah for sure yeah, it, 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 yeah. there's a stark contrast between um between kid life and adult life in this movie mm. and john's here to help exemplify that um <laughs> but yeah happy to see him uh he t says this really weird line about a lady being like real easy and if you say hello to her she'll crush you with her legs or something yeah. to that effect uh or like she'll wrap her legs around you so tight she'll crush you and josh is like wow better stay away from her then <laughs> which is very good i would have loved it if you, like it had panned over to just like this huge pair of legs <laughs> and like she's dressed like a gladiator and it's just like i will destroy yeah it's just the like monty python foot that's on the screen <laughs> and nothing yeah. else <laughs> and Jovitz, John Lovitz is like, that's what I like. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me some of that, baby. It's <laughs> my John Crush Lovett. me up, Money Python Foot. <laughs> Later on in the dance floor, we just see him dancing with this really big foot. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's really good. I want to commission an oil painting of that. <laughs> John Lovitz. John Lovitz dancing with a foot. With a giant foot. Oh wow. Oh. That'd be harder to explain than this podcast, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, yeah, here he is, our boy. Uh but yeah, there's a we cut to um Josh running to the coffee machine and he bumps into Mr. McMillan, the boss of the uh of the whole thing. The McMillan of McMillan Toys. And also Susan and Paul here, who are characters that we are still yet to be introduced to properly. Yeah. Um and yeah, McMillan's like impressed with his hustle at this point. He's like intrigued by him. He's like, ah, good on you, son. You knocked me to the ground, but you, <laughs> yeah. you did it in a way because you're trying to work hard. <laughs> and I respect that. 
all these other slackers have barely knocked me to the ground. <laughs> You're putting in the effort. They're barely putting up a stiff breeze. <laughs> yeah. I remain steadfast around my other employees. <laughs> but you, boy, you've got chutzpah. You've got... <laughs> <laughs> I like this version of Macmillan. I don't know where this is coming yeah. from. But, um, anyway. He's, he always wears springs on his back, just ready to get knocked back down. Um, yeah, what happens now, we call, um, is that we've got a cut from this heartwarming scene to a very, another harrowing scene. Uh, Josh calls his mum on the phone, posing, oh, yeah. posing as the kidnapper, or Josh's captor. Um, this is awful. Um, yeah. It's sort of, yeah, Josh is coming from, like, a place of innocence, I guess, like, wanting to talk to his mum. But, um, this scene is, like, from a fucking, it's from a full-blown horror movie. Like, mm. They, she's like trying to negotiate, get him to like get Josh to talk, but obviously Josh can't talk on the phone because he's an adult man. Um, and yeah, like gets him to prove that Josh is with him by singing a song from Josh's upbringing uh, that she used to sing to Josh, um, which is Memories, I believe. But um, yeah, it's awful. She just like haggardly mm. weeps down the phone in response and then yeah he's like oh i've got to go <laughs> yeah uh, this is awful this is like yeah i don't understand how this is supposed to be funny it's just the implication as well that this uh kidnapper has already learned this song because it's no pause like hey josh teach me that song well no it's, it's just like, like oh i know it so she she's saying like okay uh let like prove to me that josh is in the room with you and oh, yeah. and yeah. and he's, she's like, okay, what song did I sing to Josh when he was growing up? And he's like, okay, give me a minute, because he's trying to remember what it was, because he's a bad son. <laughs> yeah. And then he he sings it back as if Josh were singing it to him. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's okay. it's awful. It's like a harrowing yeah, sequence. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor. Mrs. Again, Baskin. very dark with Pink Floyd. Yeah. It's not, it's not okay. It's not okay, mm. guys. Uh, the Floyd are, yeah, they know what's up. They know yeah. how, how awful this is. It, yeah, we're still in, we're like at the tail end of Us and Them when this happens. It's like, the Us and Them plays over um, all of this, like, job, new job kind of scenario. Yeah, which is good because it's got the lyric about being ordinary men, and what's yeah. more ordinary than getting a job? What's more ordinary than John Lovitz? You know, <laughs> yeah, the most ordinary man, <laughs> the ordinary man, <laughs> the man that all men are molded from. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So he gets his first. Um, uh, no, we we end up at the end of this track with him like watching some TV in his hotel room, and there's more like gunfire outside, but he's just like tuning that out now. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he gets his first paycheck. Josh gets his first paycheck and it flips out because it's $180, which is big money for a, mm. for a child to get. Presumably, like, minimum wage in America or something at that time was around this amount. I don't actually, yeah, I don't actually know. Yeah, I assume so. No, never. Um, but, yeah, he flips out about it because it's more money than he's ever seen in his whole life. And so they go to the bank and get all the get all the money out and and singles and spend it all on like crappy yeah. toys and pizza and have a big party and they spend it basically all at once um, as you would do if you were a child. Yeah. They apparently go on a boat ride, which I only caught because we had subtitles on. 
I didn't know that. Oh. Um, which I I, th- I would love to see that. Just these guys, like, yeah. <laughs> just hanging out on the river. <laughs> like, <laughs> Billy and Tom Hanks just having a good time. You know? Just the two of them, and Billy's trying to, like, captain the ship, and it's just, like, sinking. And they're like, ah! Yeah. It's good times. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they're having this, like, little house party kind of thing, shooting silly string all over each other. It's, like, fairly heartwarming, yeah. this bit. Um, mm. And so, yeah, Josh goes with still probably some money, goes to the toy store the following day uh, that he works for and wanders around, uh, plays with some toys, plays with the plays laser tag against some random kid called Jordan, which <laughs> yeah. I thoroughly like. I'd like I yeah. just like that this guy gets a name. Um, yeah. Just here to play laser tag and hang out. It's very good. Um there's nothing better than a name for a minor character. Yeah. Like, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend are really good at it, where they'll just, like... Yeah, the characters just have learned a minor character's name and say it, and for some reason that's really funny. That's great. It, it's yeah. always good to... Because of course they have names, these, these minor yeah, characters. exactly. It's so much worse whenever you see anyone in the credits and it's, like, person one or like skateboarder or something like mm. that it's like come on man give these people names it's not that hard go to babynames.com <laughs> yeah even if the name doesn't match at all that's arguably funnier you know yeah for sure <sighs> anyway little jordan here yeah. playing some laser tag um where her should show up uh brain damage starts up and uh old mate mr mcmillan was walking the mm. floor of his department store and comes upon josh here who's like enjoying the store and then he's like walk with me boy i've got <laughs> i've got to explore my store i walk the floors every sunday or whatever it is um yeah and yeah he just sort of walks around to check in on things which i think is a good like boss move to try and like oh, heck yeah. understand your own business just to like hang around and see get a feel for what's going on in the store yeah i think mm. that's a good good idea um but yeah uh, they sort of bond together because uh, Josh understands kids' toys because he is a kid and uh, mm. has all these good ideas about how, like, toys should be changed or, like, things that have changed that he doesn't approve of, he doesn't agree with because he's a kid, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, why doesn't this move anymore, etc. Um, yeah. And so Mr. McMillan's, like, intrigued by him and impressed with him and his ingenuity. Um and yeah, we get into the brain damage uh, chorus and the or- organ kicking in when Josh steps on this floor piano. Uh, have you ever seen one of these in real life? These like big sprawling carpet pianos? No, I have a feeling they might be putting one in in Auckland um, in the April school holidays, but so far I haven't seen one. Okay, so I have. Yeah, how about yourself? I have played on one of these before um i don't remember where i was very young at the time but i am a piano player fun fact about james Barron. um and it's so much harder it's way harder to play a floor foot piano than a real piano guys and these guys are savants these guys nail it they can play even like heart and soul and chopsticks which are the two songs that they play together i would find incredibly difficult to play on one of these even though i know all the notes by heart ingrained into me but like um yeah it's a very impressive performance from tom hanks and mr mcmillan here. oh heck yeah it's very good especially they were going to, they had um doubles ready who were like proper dancer pianists who could do it yeah 
And like Tom Hanks and McMillan were like, Nah, we're up for nah, it. Nah, nah, let's do our best and try to get this. And that's actually them in every take. Wow, that's really yeah. impressive because they they bloody nail it. What's more, yeah, I don't know if it's like ADR, like fixed and post, uh, in terms of like the sound that we're hearing, but it still looks good. They're hitting all the right notes at least. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. Um, I do want to point out at this point that um, because uh, I watched this clean the first time because I hadn't seen it before. Mr. McMillan, uh, when they change from playing Heart and Soul to Chopsticks, he sees Chopsticks to, like, guide Josh to, like, let's play this next, let's play Chopsticks now. And he just, like, sort of growls it to him. He's like, <laughs> it's the weirdest delivery of the word Chopsticks I've ever heard in my life. He's just like, Chopsticks. And then, Chopsticks. And then, and then they start playing Chopsticks. It's, it's so great. <laughs> And I, I just wanted to point that out. I loved it so much. That's awesome. And yeah, they draw a wee crowd behind them. And yeah, because they they bond over this even more. And yeah. And yeah, like because of this interaction, Josh gets massively promoted up to vice <laughs> president of the company in spite of only working yeah. there for one week. Um, wild. <clears throat> Mr. McMillan, like, cool it, mate. That's, a, that's an insane business move. Yeah. <laughs> like i get that you like this guy but and you could i agree with moving him out of computers because he's wasted there but damn vice president yeah i don't know man i feel like i'm in, I'm, I'm in paul's camp on this one yeah i'm putting it back into big big privilege mm. thank you huge privilege huge yeah um yeah paul is insanely pissed off about this uh yeah, we get a shot of him talking to Susan and the, they're doing like a sort of uh, customer feedback thing. There's a screen in front of them. This is all very madman, actually. Yeah. Um, seeing like customer interactions based on product product feedback, effectively, right? We see these kids mm. running around behind the glass screen in front of them. Um, and yeah, he's like really annoyed because he's been with the company for ages and hasn't got a promotion or whatever. And Susan's like, well... He, he seems good, so I don't know. Uh, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we get into Eclipse now as um, hmm. Josh talks to uh, talks to Billy about like things going really well for him, basically. Like, we see his new office. We've got, um, he's got a secretary, Mrs. Patterson, who is wonderful. Yeah. Deborah Jo Rupp, I believe yeah, her name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I recognize from... her from Third Rock from the Sun. and No, not Third Rock from the Sun. From, um... That 70s yeah, show. Yeah, that 70s show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yes. And she just turned up in WandaVision as well and made me very oh, happy. Oh, sweet. Yeah, no. She, yeah. She's she's wonderful. She's a great actress. Um, but she's like very repressed uh, assistant character in this whole <laughs> yeah. movie. She doesn't deliver a line that isn't stressed out throughout the whole thing, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she just sort of has to has to roll with Josh's like insane demands about like mm. editing the Super Bowl out and stuff like that. But wants to watch like a clean cut of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, so we go now to Paul with Susan in in her apartment, and uh, they're trying to figure out where Josh has come from over the the tail end of Eclipse here, and we get yeah. right at the end of the song. We see the uh, the carton of milk, the zoom in on the carton of milk with Josh's like face on there and him as yes. a missing child uh, over the heartbeats. It's great. Very dramatic. Yeah. 
ending here. Like, even one. Pink Floyd are like, this is too messed up. we got to stop for a yeah, second. Yeah, guys, this is actually what's happening. The subtext. <laughs> yeah. Please. They know what's happening in this movie more than the makers of the movie did. They're like, come yeah. on. Come on. Um, but yeah, we get uh, going into playthrough two now. Paul is uh, presenting a new toy design uh, to the board of uh, directors here at Macmillan Toys. Uh, he's presenting like a, a sort of um, robot that turns into a skyscraper a la uh, Transformers um, style. Yeah. It's huge. It's a massive toy. Um, yeah. It's like of the Empire State Building, I guess, that turns into a robot. I think it's pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, this robot would listen to Pink Floyd. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about big business. <laughs> <laughs> but like destroying it from within to become a robot. Like, yeah, that's what if you ever all about. turn off, turn off all the sound and like aircon and stuff in your building. If you can hear some gentle humming, your robot, your building's a robot that likes Pink Floyd. There you go. That's the truth. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but anyway, Josh like puts his hand up like he's in class and says that he doesn't get it, um, much to the chagrin of Paul. And um, yeah, basically he doesn't understand what's cool about a robot uh, turning into a skyscraper because a skyscraper is such an inert thing it doesn't move around mm. it's nothing exciting um which is fair enough but it's not like i still think it's kind of cool uh <laughs> yeah uh and he suggests robots turning into into bugs which is a thing that did end up happening uh with transformers they definitely had robots turning into animals beast wars is basically what josh yes. has invented oh. here um which is great stuff by the way <laughs> I loved Beast Wars more than Transformers. Like, Dude, I was totally. like, hell yes, a gorilla. Yeah, man. I'm all about the Waspinator. That's, <laughs> yes. that's my whole my whole aesthetic. If I could... Oh, if I could shout out up, to the Waspinator. Shout out to the Waspinator. Wow. <laughs> just, this episode brought to you by the Waspinator. Yeah, just in case you didn't think this podcast could get any more niche. Well, here you go. Specific <gasps> oh. Beast Wars characters... Perfect. He had the best voice, or the worst voice. He was so great. Oh, he was, yeah, he was a lot. Great. Yeah, he was more stressed than Mrs. Patterson. Oh, totally, yeah. (laughs) He was like the second in command. He was like the Starscream equivalent, right? From the, uh, like, Decepticons kind of vibe of the Beast Wars. He was the second in command under the, like, dinosaur bad guy or whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that much about Beast Wars, but anyway. I guess... In this universe, Josh creates Beast Wars. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And fair play to him for becoming rich and successful because of it. Yeah. Because great idea. He gets Mrs. Patterson to voice Waspinator. Yeah. I just, so this whole like meeting, again, very Mad Men for me. And mm. then like it's like, it's like, it's not the same time period, obviously, but it's like a bunch of people in suits talking about like an idea. And I get a similar kind of feeling. But I just find it really funny that they're all talking about robots turning into bugs. I just yeah. would love a scene in Mad Men where they're just like, so the robot turns into the bug? I just, I want to see, <laughs> I just want to see Lane Price say those words, all right? That's yeah. what I want. Um, but yeah. Oh, uh, you can map it out as well. It'll be Pete Campbell's idea that it's a building. Yeah. And it gets shot yeah. down. And then, <laughs> and then um, Peggy's the one who's like, mm. bug exactly exactly yeah oh my gosh oh. that's the perfect madman episode right there Man <laughs> yeah. invents beast wars <laughs> oh incredible um 
But yeah, Paul is upset. He's shook by this whole thing. He got like his whole pitch turned upside down in one meeting. Mm. Um, and he thinks it's like a personal slight against him at this point. He's been paranoid about Josh from the beginning. But now that he's like messing with his pitches and stuff, it, it's become very personal for him. And yeah. Uh, however, Josh, like because of this, becomes like ridiculously rich and invests in like a a corner loft apartment in new york city yeah this place is stunning i would live here oh my god yeah this looks fantastic this reminds me a lot of the new girl apartment as well um mm. it's lovely it's it's later on he has a trampoline out here and this stresses me out a lot but like <laughs> at the moment it's great uh but yeah he buys a bunch of like toys and arcade cabinets and stuff to fill it with however over this montage of him like buying all this cool stuff and enjoying adult life we get another awful thing we get yeah um pink floyd no, no. Um. <laughs> well <laughs> no we love pink floyd yeah we love it um yeah we're getting this uh, this like ransom note style letter that he's writing to his mum being like mm. actually i'm doing fine it's a lot like summer camp i'm i get to watch tv i get to go outside and it's awful like this this yes. this monologue over top of the sequence like really it's such a juxtaposition he ends the letter yeah. by asking his mum to give a kiss to his little sister and it's just oh it's awful it, it like because she's got to be picturing this being written at gunpoint yeah right like. Yeah. He's like it's di the way the tone of it is like could easily be like understood that he's under duress writing this letter but it's just yeah. it's just coming from a place of like innocent kid stuff he's trying to reassure his mum that everything's fine from a genuine standpoint because that's how he feels but she is interpreting it that like the captors are telling him to say that everything's fine when obviously it's not it's it's yeah. awful it's so horrible imagine and we're getting that. it very close to how the mom experienced because we have to read it as subtitle oh my god yeah yeah it's it's rough stuff oh yeah this like for me this movie is like part it's like a comedy movie that thinly veils a horror movie or a yeah a, like drama that is like gone girl levels of fucked up <laughs> yeah <You know? laughs> <laughs> it's awful um but yeah and for this sequence as well for this um uh montage etc we are midway through on the run and that is like pitch perfect pink floyd sync for me like we're at the yeah. most chaotic point on the album for sure and we're getting this like wildly juxtaposed scene it's great it's mm. premium sync there um yeah from there from here we go to the office party uh in the movie where like it's i guess this is christmas i don't know uh, it's like it's a big drink that the office is getting together and having um yeah i'm not sure uh yeah there's like josh arrives in like a big white tuxedo with tails is it a tuxedo <laughs> yeah. still if you have tails i don't know um yeah he looks absolutely insane but of course mcmillan mm. is like all good with him because he's his darling boy who comes up with the good <laughs> ideas um he invented beast wars and made the company millions uh and yeah we get the crash sound and on the run mid party here and it doesn't align with anything 
um, no. which I'm okay with because earlier we had a really good sync with the crash sound and later on we're about to as well. So I'm happy yeah. with this. Um, but yeah, Paul is at the party uh, drunk off his ass. Um, oh no, sorry. I want to go back. Sorry. The crash sound does align with something just for me alone. It's John Lovitz <laughs> having a little groove on the dance floor <laughs> with the giant foot, Gareth. <laughs> there you go. He's out there. Shout out to you, John. Still grooving. You're the crash sound and on the run. Yeah. Still grooving. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Paul's like very drunk and so, and still complaining and whinging about Josh. And so Susan goes over and decides to talk to him to try and like understand what is going on with him, basically, I think. Try and like figure yeah. out who he is. Um, and yeah, uh, goes and over, goes over to talk to him. Josh is at this point eating corn eating this mini corn like it's a full corn cob because he doesn't know yeah. how to do that. I think that's a great gag. I love that. Yeah, that was Tom Hanks improvising, apparently. Amazing. That's premium yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, she has like a wee chat with him and like gives him some compliments, which he doesn't understand, obviously, by using like <laughs> vocab that's out of reach for him and offers him some caviar, I believe. Which, like, Tom Hanks tries and hates immediately because he's got a kid's palate. And, yeah. And, yeah, they decide to leave early. Yeah. Um, so, interestingly, this is when, like, the Tom Hanks character kind of crosses a crosses a line, in a way. Mm. And it leads into his villainy in You've Got Mail, where he famously eats all the caviar. Oh, right. So, if he'd never tasted sweet caviar... <laughs> Maybe as a third. Maybe Tom movie. Hanks wouldn't be a villain. Do you think it's the same guy? It's the same character. He's like lived through this like extra thirty-year-old part of his life, and then has grown up to become this awful corporate person who owns a bookstore. Oh, it's this like a carryover character. Yeah, I can't see why not. <laughs> I don't because we don't really know much about the dad in um, this movie. We know more about the dad, and you've got mail. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I think without doing any research into it. Yep. Yeah. Canon. <laughs> Why not? That's canon. Why not? Yeah. In fact, all Tom Hanks movies are canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but yeah, anyway, they, um, he's had a crazy life, this boy. Yeah. Um, all that time on the other island. Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. They hop into a limo and Josh thinks that's like the coolest shit ever and starts like messing mm. around with all the different parts of it because that's what he does. He's kind of a like a weird kid in general, actually, and that he's like constantly fiddling with stuff. I don't know if I was like this when I was 13. Maybe I was and I've just forgotten. But like his whole deal is that he's like constantly intrigued and playing with toys and messing about all the time with something, you know? Yeah. Maybe I've just forgotten. It's strange though. Because him as a kid, that character, or that actor's not doing that. No, he's so low-key as a kid. He just sort of sits yeah. there and is not able to figure anything out without Billy's help. Mm. Yeah. It's interestingly, have you seen Shazam? I have not seen Shazam. Shazam is, Shazam is a movie where a kid gets the ability to be bigged. Okay. Um, every time he says Shazam. Sweet. And it's, pr it's pretty good. It's got one amazing joke. Oh. But again, the kid in that, when he's a kid, he, he is kind of mature and grown up and kind of like edgy and troubled. Right. But once he becomes this kid in the adult body, he's just fun-loving and like goofy. And it's like, uh. 
I wish the kid got to be fun-loving and goofy as well, because it would carry over for the character a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but that just doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, at least he's not being, like, horrible and creepy. Like... Yes, true. <laughs> they, they, you got to take what you can get, honestly. Like, you can take some, like, character incongruity in there if, like, so long as the, like, adult version of this child is not being horrible. Like, yeah. I think that's probably worth it at that point. Yeah. What if the sequel to Shazam is he has to face oh. off against the villainous Josh from Big? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Someone who has the same powers as Shazam, but is using them yeah. for, like, evil and doing all kinds of awful, debauched things. Mm. Damn. That's going to take Shazam in a completely different direction by the sounds of things. Yeah, take the whole DC world in a new direction. Yeah, well. Oh, no. I hope not. I hope Shazam has yeah. a better better idea of where they want to take things you know because that <laughs> sounds say. too dark for me uh anyway let's get back to it because we've got more horrible things to happen um yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah josh is like hanging out in the limo goes out the skylight and like they have a good time in the limo uh and then yeah they go back to um his house and or his apartment his cool loft apartment yeah. and there's sort of a misunder more misunderstanding um stuff happening where susan's like basically thinking like well I, i'm not she's trying to be like oh i don't i'm not coming back to your place to sleep with you and he's like you mean stay over <laughs> like <laughs> coming from a place of like complete lack of understanding um it's it's really weird again like already at this point i'm like <laughs> yeah but it's gonna get worse um we've got um yeah so they go in and his apartment's full of toys and memorabilia and he's got this sick like gumby chaise lounge or something this like like we i don't know how to describe it it's like a lounge chair or like a beach lounger that's in the shape of gumby which is <laughs> yeah i want that like I, that's so good do you like gumby um i don't know anything about gumby gumby other than he's a chair <laughs> he's this plasticine man and he has adventures <laughs> with a plasticine horse who is his friend. What? And it's, cool. it is the wildest, trippiest show that has ever been conceived. It's so cool. wild. Uh, there's a lot of, like, psychedelic stuff going on in Gumby that's worth analyzing. Uh, oh. Check it out, listeners. Uh, I, is there a Gumby movie? There Should is a Gumby movie. That? I believe. I believe there's a Gumby movie. Oh, I think yes. I've seen it and it involves like Gumby's in like a band with all his friends. What? And they're trying to like Gumby? Yeah, they're trying to like get yeah. get the they're trying to like put on a concert that something goes wrong. The, Gumby has key antagonists that are the two blockheads. And they okay. they're like they look similar to Gumby except they've got like dice for heads. Like big red dice. Oh, no. And they're nasty boys. And they have similar yeah. similar powers to Gumby. Where, wherein they can like go through walls with plasticine magic and stuff. It's very good. Wait, what? It's a crazy show. Um, oh yes, it's worth checking out. Go watch Gumby. Yeah. It's good shit. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm so intrigued by this Gumby chair. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. He's got like a Pepsi machine as well, which gives out free Pepsi. Honestly, Josh is living the life. He's like kind of got adulthood on lock, and that he's got yeah, all this like sure. great stuff in his apartment that seems fun. It's just like a it's like a bachelor pad, honestly. Yeah. Except for the fact that he has a bunk bed. <laughs> like, if you take <laughs> that away, I feel like there are definitely some people out here that would have this exact same apartment and be stoked. So. 
Yes, absolutely. Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, definitely, like, a... Like, it looks like the games room at Google HQ or something. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like, they're just yeah. giving out free Pepsi and you can just go on the trampoline for a bit if you want. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. Sit in Gumby, have a snooze on the bunk bed. Yeah, man. That's just what they do. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, they do a bit where they um, jump on the trampoline with Susan, and yeah, this stresses me out massively, just because they're, like, up in an apartment, right? There's floor-to-ceiling windows, or at least very large windows, that they could easily mm. fall out. The trampoline's right in the corner. It's stressing me out from a safety perspective. <laughs> I'm like a dad That's interesting. hovering in the corner, just angry. See, I had... This was when Pink Floyd seemed to, like unbutton their shirts a little for me and i found their music was making this a lot more like a wonderful free joyous scene yeah we're getting great gig over this are you sure about that yeah yeah okay for me great gig first the yell the screams were you know how horrifying is this yeah this song they were like well you're getting to bounce on a trampoline okay we're okay with that so this is like a joyous view of of great gigs uh i think for me at least but then when was the last time you were on a trampoline Oh, God. Oh, I don't remember, honestly. Um, a long time ago. I do love trampolines. I think they're great. I was oh, so, never okay. allowed one as a child because obviously they're insanely dangerous. But I went to yeah. uh, um, after school care back in the day when I was a child and there was a roster thing that you could sign up. You could put your name down for 15 minutes yeah. on the trampoline and you could do the same for uh, the computer and play computer games but only for 15 minutes at a time so that everyone Ooh. could get a go and so i yeah. gamed the system as i was wont to do as a child because you weren't <laughs> allowed to put your name down multiple times in a row which of course and so i would put my name down 15 minutes on the trampoline then 15 minutes on the computer and do that ad infinitum for the whole day so every <laughs> every 30 minutes i was either on the computer or on the trampoline <laughs> And that was my what day. What a day! A, I, that is amazing. Yeah, man. I was getting my exercise. It was like me working at Google. I was just out there, <laughs> yeah. just doing a bit of work, bit of time on the tramp, you know. Yeah. So there you go. That's incredible. That sounds like the perfect day, yeah, but also zero to a hundred constantly. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I came home yeah. exhausted. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you got to play around the rule set. You know, that's like that was yeah, the rules that were in place. It. And so, in order to get maximum enjoyment, I was I was doing that. So, yeah, good on you. I went on a trampoline yeah, about a year ago. But yeah, did you have a trampoline growing up? Ah, oh, yes. Okay, so this was essentially my podcast training. Is my brother and I would jump on a trampoline and oh. pretty much do this, make up fan fiction about our favorite TV shows. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, we pretty much just plot out whole episodes while having a bounce. Um, we had one with springs, though, and the springs would constantly come flying oh, off. Oh, yeah. And, um, not hit me that often, but often often hit him, the poor guy. Oh, no. Yeah. They're just better at spring dodging. Yeah. Okay. But um, I got to go on a trampoline a year ago as well. There was a spring-free oh. trampoline at this Airbnb that our friends were at for a wedding. Oh, right. And, um... I think it was the fact that we had to get off it and then we didn't get a chance to go on it again and then um, the whole country went into lockdown. Oh, no. So I've been, like, jonesing for another <laughs> bounce on a trampoline. <laughs> so I was that's why I was just like, throw safety into the wind, um, 
Susan and Josh. Yeah, like, man. This is your chance. No, you're totally right. In general, I think it's like, this is honestly the most wholesome interaction between Susan and Josh in the whole movie. <laughs> yes. And like, yeah. I'm here, I'm advocating for it. I think it's like a really good time. It's, you're totally allowed to be jumping on the trampoline as adults, I reckon. Yeah. yeah that's sweet. It's Should we... <laughs> Should we start a weird church that's like what? trampolines for abstinence? What? Because, <laughs> you know, if they just like bounce on the trampoline, this movie would have no trouble. I guess so. And I mean, they don't have any, they don't, you know, have sex this night <laughs> because of the trampoline. <laughs> that's true. They're worn out from bouncing. Yeah. Oh, man. Bounce away the urges. <laughs> Gang. Gang. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're not bouncing, you're not bouncing. Yeah, you gotta bounce closer to the yeah. to heaven. Yeah. Bounce closer to God. Oh no. See, it sounds creepy and repressive repressive and like bad yeah. until you picture a whole church where everyone's on their mini trampolines. Yeah, that's good. Trampoline yeah. church is something that I could get behind. It's, you wouldn't be able to hear, hear the sermon very well, is the issue. No, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it would be close it's like I do like the combination of like um church and jazzercise though if you if i could get mm. fit going to church that's an easier sell for me you know yeah that's wild that that's not happening get fit at church yeah get fit at church <laughs> yeah i can see the poster that just says that we'll make yeah. millions <laughs> sweat away the satan Whoa. yeah that's good that's mm. real good oh <laughs> shredding shredding away the satan man uh yes anyway they don't have sex it's great she gets into the, yeah. uh, the old um the the bunk bed lies there on the bottom bunk and josh like jumps up to the to the top bunk and gives her a little cereal box decoder ring as a gift mm. uh straight out of captain underpants great stuff um yeah and yeah this is when uh the slow bit in uh great gig is when this is happening so that's all good yeah the like yeah. The, t- the tempo slow slow down Ooh, that bit um yeah yeah ready for bedtime really yeah. same yeah go to go in the bed uh so yeah we get the next morning paul's being an absolute jerk uh driving around uh, driving susan to work and uh susan's like become more attuned to josh she's like likes him more as a person at this point she's thinks like mm. because he wasn't like a weird creep <laughs> when she when she went home with him she was like oh yeah. this guy's actually cool um but yeah uh yes so in order to take out his frustration on josh paul challenges him to a game of racquetball uh i, th- I think or like squash or something yeah one of those indeterminate 80s yuppie sports yeah the the repressed sexuality sport of the night of the <laughs> 80s and 90s um, yeah <laughs> yeah he's so angry and just wants to beat him at a game so it makes himself feel better and like changes the rules on josh and uses that to like start a fight with him to like actually yeah. punch him and stuff um and yeah so they get into a fight, like, playing keep away with the old racquetball or whatever. And then Susan um, consoles Josh, uh, like, applying some, like, first aid to him. I hate this scene because it's very, like, mother and son energy. Yes. Which is no good. <laughs> no, yeah. Mm. Like, let's say you've made this film to be, like, 
Yeah, but uh, the 13-year-old gets it. He fucks, yeah. You don't add in a mother and son vibe. <laughs> no, it's no good. You don't do that. Yeah. She gives him a wee, like, peck on the cheek, and it's like, oh, you'll be all right, son. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Um, and then, yeah, she goes and, like, dumps Paul, like, takes all the stuff that he had at her apartment and uh, drops it off to him, and then... Yeah, he throws back in her face that she's basically sleeping around the company, or he says that she is, um, yeah. in order to get ahead. Uh, it's pretty pretty rough stuff. He's yeah. a, Paul sucks, by the way. He's a bad guy. Mm. Not not nice. Not a nice man. Um, and yeah, we get... Uh, yeah, we got a really good part now, which I... Because Billy's back, and I'm very happy to see yeah. him. They go to this Italian <laughs> restaurant for... Um, uh josh's birthday which i'm loving i want to go to this restaurant mm. it's like big teppanyaki energy where they have to like throw the dough into the chef's mouth and he catches it through like a tambourine that he's playing yeah. <laughs> it's very good oh. i want to go this looks like yeah a lot of fun. they get all the all the people out and they sing happy birthday to josh as well yeah yeah it's wonderful a song that doesn't work to the tempo of money i tried I wish. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they do the whole happy birthday song because that's like a classic <clears throat> thing in movies where you can't sing happy birthday because it's under copyright. I didn't, yeah. wasn't paying close enough attention to it because we have Pink Floyd playing at the time. But <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, it's, it's so good. But again, there's this layered subtext of like in the background that this is a birthday that Josh is having while his mum thinks he's kidnapped <laughs> yeah you know this is like she has to go through this day which would be her son's mm. birthday and she hasn't seen him in like a month at this point it's awful yeah and meanwhile he's having fucking like tossing dough into do <laughs> it an italian man's mouth yeah i don't know oh it's no good but yeah this is the turning point between josh and billy's relationship and that mm. um josh is like starting to turn away from him and taking to adult life too well and yeah forgetting that he was once a kid and starts pushing billy away to deal with adult responsibilities uh um, yeah sends poor billy out onto the streets to go hang out with his other mystical friends yeah, his little frog friend and yeah <laughs> yeah goes over to old mate susan's yeah, house goes for a date there's a real awkward situation where they like he inv she invites him in and they just sort of sit on the couch for like 20 seconds and then decide to yeah. leave i don't know why this was in the movie i guess it's to show like he's like an awkward kid who doesn't understand <laughs> what to do in these kinds of situations but it yeah it sure is awkward it's it's a very weird little sequence but anyway the date yeah the date starts going well they do all the like stuff at the carnival they go to the carnival garret where um, oh yeah where he does all the stuff that he couldn't do when he was a little kid he goes on the roller coaster and has fun there and like i guess plays some other games probably wins there's a cut sequence probably where he wins that like strength competition i don't know yeah maybe tom hanks wasn't <laughs> strong enough to hit the bell and they had to cut it i don't know <laughs> yeah um but anyway uh yeah we get into us and them and there's some uh big band music playing and they go and have a dance and as we pull away from them uh going off to dance to this music uh we see that the zoltar machine is here this is the same carnival yeah. which just moved to new york um so oh my gosh 
this is where the goosebumps chime would play and we cut to an ad break um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's a whole um brass section playing and they're having a bit of a boogie down here on the docks and this is a lovely date by the way this like carnival oh heck yeah looks like a lot of fun um yeah if someone takes you on one of these dates listeners yeah um you're a lucky lucky person <laughs> yeah for sure it's cliche obviously like oh yeah but it's it would be fun you're going to like it's mm. a shared activity you're going to the going to the fun fair like it's it's a good time you know yeah lots of opportunities for for good for good vibes yeah mm. I like unfortunately it. in christchurch new zealand you have to wait all the way until the last friday of november for the next fun oh fair. man don't tell me yeah that. oh i'm sorry i'm gonna have fun until then <laughs> Oh. Wow. <laughs> you've just lined up like 15 dates for that one day <laughs> oh man the speed date of the carnival <laughs> i'm just like constantly Ooh. running across the different rides where different dates yeah. are waiting for me i'm not like that listeners that's not real i'm trying to like build my brand up on the podcast oh yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i would never do that absolutely not um no. a james baron date you're getting to go on multiple rides with james absolutely baron let's let's yeah. do it all we'll go to the fun fair it'd be great um oh yeah. <laughs> if someone wants to line up a date for me for november i'll be down with that absolutely <laughs> yeah whatever i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah anyway Su- susan is like falling in love with them at this stage they like get really close to each other on the dance floor she says that she- it's been like i've been thinking about you in my car and in my bed <laughs> which yeah. is like, like <laughs> i don't know that's not very subtle susan um no <laughs> but yeah things are about to get real gross when i watched this for the first time i legit was covering my eyes like this was a horror movie they get back yeah. to they do a wee kiss out here on the dance floor and then they head back to susan's apartment and she like undoes and does her blouse takes that off and like they make out he like awkwardly touches her boob yeah this is this is horrible i don't know this is so messed up and like it's again this is it where i was like surely they're not going to do it surely they're not going to do it i was just yelling at the tv i was and i was yelling like there was like a horror like a a scary ghost creeping up on someone and we could yeah the audience could see it i was yelling at my screen like no 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 (laughs) no 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 look out look out like that and covering my eyes because this is the worst thing that's i can't believe that this is in in the film yeah they, you know how everyone hates 2019's cats because mm. of the implication that these cats these are horny have cats yeah 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 this is this is a movie with something much worse and everyone still loves it it's, it's like wild yeah this is bonkers so much worse yes it's implied yeah. here that they have sex that they full-on have sex because there's like a scene the following morning where josh like strides into the office like with a spring in his step or whatever you know yeah like that cliche thing but yeah it's gross he's a 13 year old yeah. boy who ha- has had sex with a 30 year old woman and there's no way around that in this movie. no that's just reality that we've been smacked in the face with uh okay thanks yeah. filmmakers the thing is, like, I feel bad for Susan. I feel bad for Josh. Yeah. I feel bad for, like... It's bad for everyone involved. Yeah. It's, like, it's interesting because if they'd made the character older initially, 
they could have... Uh, it still would have been gross. But they obviously, he had to be young, so there's the comedy. Because mm. then, like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's no. there's no way you could have done it. If you wanted to, if you sat down at your typewriter and was like, I'm going to make a film <laughs> where this kid gets it. There's okay. no way you can do it and make it okay. You're no. going to have to be... Like, sure, cast these incredibly likable actors. First of all, weird like, way to start a script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's no good Page way one. Okay, that. I'm going to. Yeah. it's still We're still going to catch you. Like, there's no, like... Yeah. We're going to bust down your door and be like, nope, not okay. Yeah. Pink Floyd warned us and we're here to take you down. All right? <laughs> this is not a good thing to have in a film. Bad. Yeah. Bad Hollywood. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. We get an us and them over that horrible sequence. Yeah. And I have nothing more to say about it. Um, no, gosh. Uh, yeah. So he's back in the office. Uh, he high-fives a mailman here, and I'm pretty sure he says, my man. Um, he does, yes. Uh, is this a direct, like, is this where Rick and Morty gets that reference from? From this movie? It's, it's gotta be, there's no other way. Yeah, like, it's straight yeah. up ripped from that one episode of Rick and Morty. It's, it's just a reference that I never put together, obviously. Um, yeah, it's great, okay. I, I was like, yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. It just whiplash after this horrible sequence where I was covering my eyes. I was like, oh, okay, something that I actually know? Wow, weird, okay. Um, That's probably why it's in Rick and Morty, is it like, it must have stuck in some writer's mind because it was like the first line after a bonkers scene. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know how, like, if you almost <laughs> crash a car, you may be like, the next, the first sip of Coca-Cola you have tastes, like, extra strong or something. Yeah. If all After, your senses like, are situation. massively heightened because yeah. you're in fright or flight, fight or, uh, fright or flight mode. Is that a thing? Am I saying that right? Fight or fight flight, or flight. right? Oh, my God, yeah. I'm, I'm frightened. I'm always in fright mode. I'm, yeah, there's, there's fight, there's flight, and there's fright mode yeah which which we operate in almost exclusively <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah um so yeah we cut back to uh billy's house no before this we see that um susan's relationship with josh is developing well there's a bit where he like helps out a kid with algebra homework and yeah and there's a lady like he's a keeper and it's like okay um <laughs> and yeah back at billy's house uh, they finally get the info from the government department that they ordered the from for the fairgrounds and the all that information that they were after six weeks ago. They're like, ah, it finally arrived so that they can yeah. find this Zoltar machine and put an end to Josh's predicament. Great. Um, and yeah, meanwhile, Josh gets given a project where he has to design a new line of toys for Macmillan Toys. And he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. But it turns out he has a great idea. And that's... Uh, electronic comic books where mm. which are like choose your own adventure comic books so you get to the end of the page and you get to choose what's going to happen out of a set series of things for the character to do next so sort of like dragon's lair meets a comic book which is yeah pretty cool honestly i think that's a good idea for a toy and would probably hold up at the time so yeah i don't know if it was yeah. real like beast wars ended up being <laughs> but like seems sweet yeah but anyway yeah uh susan's feeling really weird about the relationship and approaches her, josh about this and is like what what is going on are you having an affair what's the deal presumably because they aren't having sex anymore got of which i am so happy that they aren't uh yeah I hope. but or maybe they are and it's awful but 
she's weary about the relationship anyway and josh is like shut up man i love you whatever I'm, i like you i'm a child <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's essentially what he does he just like he's a- giggles and is tom hanks and she's like all right never, never mind. mind he throws like his papers at her and she's like oh okay, yeah actually you're great um yeah, it's showing his like lack of emotional maturity pretty clearly on display. Yeah. But anyway, apparently that's fine for Susan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Susan. Yeah, man. Uh, Billy bursts back into the office and tries to drop the list off uh, over brain damage. He's here with the documents, but of course Josh is too busy with his newfound responsibilities at the job to even like pay attention. Mm. Uh, and it sucks because Billy's like losing his friend like completely yeah. to this like other life he feels like he's changed and it's like no man you're a 13 year old boy what are you <laughs> doing dude um and yeah uh but josh is like nah man i've had sex now like the world <laughs> yeah. is open to me i'm a changed <laughs> man forever um it's awful but yeah uh yeah we get a very after this there's a very weird sequence which i want to talk about where we revisit the computer game from the opening. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why this is in the movie. Like, he, Susan is asleep in bed and Josh pulls out the little disc with the fucking Melt Wizard game on it again <laughs> and has a wee go at that. And it's like, what? It's supposed to be like the, the triggering factor for him to be like, ah, yes, I remember my old life as a child six weeks ago, how great that yeah. was. Like, it's, it's so weird to have this be the thing that makes him remember and not his friend Billy coming in and talking to him. I guess you could say it's like, it's like, oh, finally I get the chance to relax and finish my game without taking out my family's endless amount of trash. Yeah. And like, he's kind of like, oh, it's actually not not what it's all cracked up to me. Never mind. But yeah, you're right. It's like, why this? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, following this sequence, there's like a montage of him going back and looking at his old neighborhood wandering around adult Mm. josh he's walking around his neighborhood and looking at kids having fun while wearing a massive trench coat (laughs) (laughs) like come on man (laughs) do you think do you think someone's pranked us and loaded the wrong like movie into disney plus or something just to test like yeah man disney plus (laughs) like is this a joke is this am i on am i on candid camera right now <laughs> where's aston kutcher yeah. am i being a punk d- <laughs> am i being punk apostrophe d over here <laughs> oh. oh ashton get on the pod i need yeah. a take on this it's so <laughs> weird it's so weird like even in the 80s this would have been like come on like this is a thing yeah i don't know but like Oscar winner or Oscar nominated for best script. Oh man! I mean, it's a it's yeah. a script. Uh, yeah. Like if you're taking it as like a comedy slash horror. Um, <laughs> yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's got nostalgia for his old life, and this whole like pervert sequence uh, syncs weirdly well with brain damage playing over <laughs> it. This like yeah. this slow like sad song playing over him looking and having nostalgia <laughs> for his old life like that's what this is like a thing that pink floyd's all about not being a pervert i want to make that explicitly yeah. clear um <laughs> i just having nostalgia for your past 
and mm. and exploring your youth i think is what this this album explores a lot so that works for me yeah for sure yeah yeah having no control over the time and it just rushing past yeah. you yeah yeah absolutely and brain damage and eclipse and like more mostly in time but i feel like yeah. definitely same themes through brain damage so i'm pretty happy with that um yeah we get into eclipse the second playthrough here uh wrapping up we got um yeah it's another fucked up scene as uh josh awkwardly over dinner decides that it's time to reveal to susan that he's a 13 year old boy yeah um, this scene is like another sort of like misconstrued situation where uh she thinks that he's lying about he's making up this like egregious insane lie about being a 13 year old boy effectively saying that he's not capable of being in a relationship with her or that he's not emotionally mature enough to be in a relationship with her or something like that and is breaking yeah. it off with her and she's really frustrated by that where josh is like no i'm 13 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah it's again like this is supposed to be funny i think but it isn't it's <laughs> it's awful it's an argument yeah. between two people ill-equipped to deal with this situation and it's rough yeah um he does say that zoltar the the machine and the guy in it has a face like a devil and i don't know i feel like that's a little harsh on zoltar he just had like yeah poor zoltar he just had some glowing eyes which is like devilish mm. sure but like he just looks like a regular dude really yeah <laughs> it's got a handsome chiseled jaw yeah it's got great uh jaw action with his opening yeah. and closing mouth actually so you know come on like shout out to zoltar you're doing fine you don't you're not a devil in my book sure you like put a curse on a small boy which is pretty devilish but you know but he gave the small boy exactly what he needed when he got very vague instructions yes right yeah he interpreted a vague wish to the best of his ability and like he's more a genie than a devil i don't think zoltar deserves his his uh hatred here anyway yeah we get into playthrough three baby as um yeah billy hears something this is a very sad sequence uh billy hears something over his radio and he thinks it's josh on the other Mm. end but it turns out to be just josh's mum who's just up in his room and like looking at his stuff looking at josh's stuff josh has been gone over a month at this point and it's just yeah it's so sad billy's like it's gonna be okay and yeah it's she says he had a birthday you know (laughs) it's awful yeah this is nothing but this poor woman yeah lasting psychological damage because of this situation yes for sure like there's nothing funny about that tom hanks okay yeah (laughs) uh but yeah it's heartbreaking Mm. um and we get we get that over like the intro speak to me into breathe as well so there you go um and yeah josh uh billy goes for a final ultimatum with josh he's like narrowed down exactly where the zoltar machine in is is and he's like it's right yeah. here it's where you went on that date with that 30 year old woman okay you need to go down there and <laughs> do your thing and it's like this is my final act as your best friend is basically what he's saying that's like mm. damn it's great stuff great stuff from billy here love it again yeah billy where was billy's oscar nom for billy of the year fucking a supporting actor at least he nailed yeah it. like come on man oh especially later when he's getting this hot dog 
I'd love this. I love that situation. But anyway, yeah, this is just before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is just before um, uh, Josh's big presentation of his comic mm. book, and so they go and do that um, over like yeah. Th there's like some dialogue here which I think triggers Josh's decision where he has to make. Someone says the kid makes his own decision, and Josh is like, "I got to make a decision." <laughs> yeah. Now, which is a little ham-fisted, but whatever. He decides to like leave the meeting and go and undo his. Uh, big curse and uh something weirdly twigs for susan in this moment uh, as well who like mm. figures it out at this point i think she's like what is going on like he's had this weird situation ever since we had that argument about him being a 13 year old boy <laughs> and yeah. and now he's left this meeting uh i feel like she figures it out in this moment or thinks that she knows something's going on anyway Decides... yeah i read it as she figured it out okay but anyway yeah she like decides to chase after him um mm. and <laughs> outside yeah billy is ordering a hot dog <laughs> i love this <laughs> he's just like he's like well i've done this thing with my best friend i'm in new york for the day i may as well yeah. get a hot dog i love it <laughs> and like the hot dog vendor he sees josh like well he sees josh go into a cab and he's like wanting to run over and be like oh yo go josh go go undo your curse and return to me as a 13 year old boy but the hot dog vendor's like hey don't take that hot dog without paying yeah. i just love this really small interaction where he returns the hot dog it's so good yeah it's so so real yeah because <laughs> that's all the hot dog guy's gonna care about he doesn't care if like there's a curse no it just felt like this felt like really genuine in this movie i really yeah. love this interaction and this is why Billy deserved the Oscar nom because he's method as For hell. sure. Like he's lived yeah. this experience. Oh, <laughs> what a hero! Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they uh, gets in the cab and goes down to the Zoltar machine, and Billy tells uh, Susan basically that's where Josh is headed after being like, "You're his girlfriend. Yeah. You're a thirty-year-old woman. That's weird." Um, because Billy knows what's up, obviously. Um, yeah, of course. So here we go. We get in the end of the movie here pretty much the like final few scenes and this hmm. sequence this like playthrough of the movie is so well synced from from jump basically it's getting yeah. out of control from here on we get a tire screech sound which perfectly syncs with like in on the run it syncs with the cab pulling up to this like abandoned water park kind of area from the date earlier um yeah perfect sync there i was like what <laughs> immediately at this stage <laughs> um on the run is still playing where there's like some over like some uh laughter that starts playing as we see the zoltar machine and then yes. the bloody crash sound aligns with him walking up in front of it again like yeah that happened the first time and it's happened again <laughs> garrett <sighs> i was like and what <laughs> yeah i'm afraid and like because I call these uh, generational sins, yeah. and this is the first time that kind of has made sense, where it's like, even in a different age, in a different lifetime, yeah. the sink remains. Yeah, man. This On the Run is yeah. Zoltar's theme. Like, oh, yes. whenever he's showing up in the movie, or whenever this interaction between Josh and Zoltar is happening on screen, we get On the Run. Like, yeah. if that's not a sink, I don't know what is. Like, that's really impressive oh. to me. Um yeah we get the we get the time uh clocks ticking in and he puts the money in in sync with the, all the clocks going off which is pretty sweet and yeah like the, yeah. the deal is done 
like the wish is made and so susan 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 <laughs> susan arrives uh just too late and sees the zoltar machine in the background and in that instant realizes i guess that it was all true and that yeah josh is indeed a 13 year old boy and this is some weird goosebump shit going on um and yeah she like picks up the card off the zoltar machine and see that it sees that his wish was granted and yeah she takes this news like surprisingly well as like i guess the writers of this 80s movie could only do at this point yeah (laughs) um but yeah it's she full-on had sex with a 13 year old and is pretty okay with it at this point Mm. she says that oh maybe in 10 years come back and keep my number hit me up that was that sucks the most messed up that's no good that's grooming my guy yeah that's no good susan yeah Mm. no you don't you don't keep the number of someone that you went through a goosebumps book with that's like no that's like the rule one uh yeah that's on the last page of every book is someone tearing up all the phone numbers they got oh my god yeah i don't want to hear from you scarecrow who walks at midnight (laughs) (laughs) all right get out of my phone i'm changing my number scarecrow (laughs) stop calling me stop coming back to the farm oh man it's it's no good yeah it's it's a massive yikes uh but yeah josh like offers the idea here as well that she could go back in time or like she could go to be uh use the zoltar machine and turn into a 13 year old herself again and live through and she's like nah i've done that once and i don't want to do it again you don't know but you'll soon find out yeah he's yet yet to have his puberty story told live on a podcast so (laughs) he doesn't know yet um i thought for sure that she was going to or she was going to reveal that she'd also been bigged oh and that it was like gonna be okay it's not ass messed up but no it just remains messed up that would be a massive relief but yeah yeah that's giving the movie way too much credit oh man but yeah it would be a wild twist as well. <laughs> I'll never see yeah. that coming in a million years. Uh, but yeah, she's like, okay, I'll drive you home to your childhood house. Um, yeah. What's this? Your mum thinks that you've been kidnapped and I'll drive you directly outside your house? Sure. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Um, yeah. She's definitely on a watch list uh, now. <laughs> yeah. She's <laughs> not allowed back in Jersey. Um, but anyway yeah they like have they say goodbye to each other and then yeah josh turns back into a little kid in like a full adult sized suit which is yeah which is a good image honestly it's very funny um and yeah he turns back perfectly in time with the tempo change in time which is incredible yeah. like the the like thought i'd something more to say and then it just goes like into the slow chilled out version is exactly when he turns around and he's a kid again unreal yeah um and yeah after that the line home home again plays gareth yeah and he's home yeah he's back he's back home in his again. own life ah oh, amazing yeah home home yeah. again and yeah he runs back to his mum who has lasting psychological trauma and <laughs> yeah. yeah we get some credits rolling over over josh and billy as young kids again and mm. i breathe a sigh of relief for what feels like the third week in a row but um <laughs> yeah what did you think how did it sink gareth 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Like, we have to give props for this, you know, um, worried music mm. helping us feel the worry that we, um, that we felt. Like, it helps us put it into words and tunes and stuff. Yeah. Like, Pink Floyd were ass freaked out watching this. And yeah, there were some quality things. Like, yeah, yeah man. good. That's the thing. Times, your, yeah. Like, the thing about this album is that it's like a, it's like, it's dealing with some stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's an emotional album. And yeah. I think that this movie, <laughs> unbeknownst to itself, is dealing with some emotional stuff in a similar kind of vein, right? Yeah. It's dealing with a lot of similar themes, but one handles it way better than the other. <laughs> yeah. Um that's my take anyway so i and yeah i agree with you there were a lot of good syncs like a lot of a generational sync in there as you saw and then yeah like just a surprising number of good good syncs so i'm inclined to give it a good rating um yeah in spite of it being a rough watch uh <laughs> what do you how i'm um, yeah i'm willing to kick this thing at it kick this thing an eight. Oh, an eight yeah do you feel that's too high too old that's pretty old. Okay. Like, I feel like <laughs> I really want to, I really want to do like a big rating where it was like, it was once a three, but now it's an eight. Like, yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with eight. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I think okay. like, out of the, out of the movies we've watched. Absolutely. It's definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have an eight, but in brackets, it has the mind of a lower number. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it, it's another number masquerading as an eight. Yes. <laughs> but we don't know what it was. We don't know what number it was. No. It's something lower than eight, but it eight <laughs> is what it's being represented as. Yeah, sometimes you yell out eight and the eight doesn't turn around because it's not... Because it's not really eight. Called eight. Yeah. 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 That'll happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're going to reveal... We've, all we have to do now is reveal what this the special thing is coming up next yes gareth you want to introduce that oh my gosh so if you listeners enjoy numbers mm. you'll notice that this is episode 49 yeah of this wild thing unbelievably <laughs> 49 yeah. episodes under the belt we've been doing this a year basically yeah. at this point. incredible yeah wow um so therefore i think we've promised it in a previous episode we're gonna we've look we've look, held up a lot of things to the lens of it sinking to pink floyd but we haven't given you we haven't provide you know it's easy to critique but mm. we are not providing the world with something that sinks with pink floyd's dark side of the moon right so next week we're going to give you the official commentary of dark side of the moon to enjoy yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah you'll be able we'll be able to um and you'll be able to sync that recording up with dark side of the moon perfectly there'll be a countdown yeah. at the start probably following some kind of beep test scenario where you can exactly <laughs> sync it with dark side yeah. of the moon and then listen along with us in your earwaves and yeah you yeah and then if you listen to it i want you guys to write in and tell us how you thought it synced like if we <laughs> yes if we synced up and then we can mark it on the graph that's awesome yeah yeah please Deal. do so yeah oh my goodness next week the official official sync floyd pink floyd dark side of the moon sync track yeah as a oh, as I'm a excited. 50 episode special 
amazing. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, until then, there's nothing really left to say except follow Sink Floyd on all your favourite things at Sink Floyd Pod. Yeah. Um, and I've been Gareth Blacklock. No, I've got I've got one more thing I wanna I wanna plug, and that's your, oh. your upcoming show, Gareth. Oh, you? Yeah. Oh, Gareth's okay. Doing, yeah. Gareth's doing a live show at the Covert Theatre coming up in May. Uh, May 19th to the 22nd, I believe. Um, yep. And yeah, he's there with his uh, improv crew, uh, the Love Lamp crew out there yeah. doing a bit of comedy. So go, go down and see him if you're up in Auckland at the Covert Theatre. Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, tickets are at comedyfestival.co.nz. Yeah. Definitely yeah. didn't want to skip oh. that. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, as you were saying. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I've been Gareth Blackwood. I've been James Barron. And um, stay away from Zoltars, mm. and we'll see you on the dark side of the moon. On the dark side of the moon. <laughs> <laughs>